0: Fifty-eight, aka Big Will, aka Uncle Buck. You guys recognize me today? No. Yes. Well, yeah. Okay. Mm. Good. good. Yeah. I, you know. You noticed something? Yes. Yeah. I'm.
1: I noticed how I'm hard you. you are to find.
0: I, I'm you. <laughs> I'm you right now. No, I'm wearing a fishing hat. I'm wearing a uh, uh, Grundens Eat Fish hat. Wear Grundens Eat Fish. Love Uh, love my Grundons. Not our sponsor. Not our sponsor, but... I got that Gore-Tex now. Yeah, I am looking for a hat like this from Fishgood. Yeah, dude. You want that hot one-ounce special black metal. Maybe it looks like Immortal, but we don't know because it's not copyright or licensed. Mm -hmm. Fishgood NY on Instagram. Fishgood Bucktail. We got that hot one-ounce bucktail. What is this, one of... One of two. That's one ounce. One ounce one of, of
1: question mark. That's I one of question e- mark.
0: I, I'm so mesmerized yep. by the infernal mountain magic of yes. this black metal bucktail that I can't even read anymore. Fishgood why at Fishgood NY, manufactured on Long Island, New York. Damn, that's a good lore.
1: You can catch fish in the snow with that. How, who are you? This is, I'm, I'm a guy here, Justin. Hey. Okay. Let's well, go. I just want to add one more thing about Fishgood for heavy hole listeners. There's a yeah. new thing. You can get free shipping. You put the okay. di- the discount code Helen Hunt. Get free shipping. <laughs> For heavy hole uh, listeners only fishgood.net.
0: Uh, uh, I'm mad about you. Yeah, dude, what?
1: it's the suck zone.
0: Wow. Wow. And who you you don't fool me over there. Even though this hat makes me completely unrecognizable, yeah. your your hairstyle does not make me think you're Keanu Reeves the Last Samurai. You saw that movie. You're, you're, <laughs> you're Tom. That's right. Yeah. am Tom. I, you've, you're, do you have like some of the hair in a man bun and some of the hair like elegantly dragging down like a regal yes, prince? Sir.
2: Yeah, it's sloppy man bun. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing it. You I could, don't care. You, you could looks, order someone to, to be executed while you eat grapes. You hear that? He feels good. Yeah. yeah. feels good to look at. I've been watching a lot of kung fu movies, too. So it, I've been getting inspired. Shows. Yeah, dude. 38 shows. Chambers. Uh, Crippled Avengers. Good one. Uh, amazon that one's wow. fun really really great kung fu there but okay. we're talking about fishing and death metal so yeah. i'll save that for later. i mean
0: we're kind of like knee deep in everything right now man the listeners the longtime listeners are comfortable everyone else completely uncomfortable
1: yeah they're a little they're weird gone.
0: yeah but that's how we like it on the heavy hole podcast no listen are you sweating i'm always uh, there's i i sweat on New Year's Eve, like outside in the backyard, man, I'm always sweating constantly. When you see me sweat, yeah, that means I'm sweating more than usual. Like there's always like a yeah. I, yeah,
1: I don't let them see me sweat.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I try not to let them see me sweat, but it just doesn't work, man. You know, no matter what color t shirt I wear, but um,
1: never sweating in the pool.
0: You know, you know where yeah, you know where I sweat a lot more than particular down south um the you know the the southeast united states the state of florida but i have to go down to florida every once in a while because they have such a wonderful death metal culture there
2: yeah
0: beautiful death metal culture steeped uh in historic death metal tradition there one such act that um has bestowed us with this uh, uh florida tradition of death metal all kidding aside brutality from Tampa, Florida, going all the way back to 1987. Tonight we're going to talk to none other than Jay Fernandez and Scott Regal, both legacy members of this legacy act. Hello. Get him on the phone. I'm just glad
2: they answered your email.
0: I, I'm wearing a shirt with palm trees on it. I think that's why you didn't recognize me. This is Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with none other than Scott Regal and Jay Fernandez of Florida's Brutality. How are you guys?
3: We're good. Hello.
0: All right, and uh, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, Scott, um... Uh, like you know, like I always say, when we have more than one band member, we're going to take it slow. We get a little bit of background from each of you guys, and then obviously we want to talk about brutality's history and legacy and uh, future um, with this, uh, you know, announcement you guys just made about an upcoming album um, soon. But before we get into all that, um, uh, Scott, we'll start with you, and then then maybe we'll pass it off to Jay in a few minutes. But Scott. Uh, The typical Heavy Hole podcast question, are you from a particularly musical family or was there anyone in your youth that steered you towards hard rock and heavy metal?
3: I'm not from a musical family, but I had two older brothers that listened to metal and um, they got me into it when I was, you know, 10, 11 years old, you know, so I started listening to like the heavier music when... I mean, I remember li- listening to, like, Black Sabbath and things like that when I was 10 or 11.
0: Okay. And um, j- same question, Jay.
3: Um, yeah, I guess you could say, like, my uh, my mom's father played in a jazz big band. Huh. My dad has some musical talent. Um, as far as the metal, I had a cousin that gave me um, a Black Sabbath record when I was, like, in fifth grade. Um and a really good friend that like played me um, Ozzy Osbourne for the first time. And uh, that was kind of what steered me towards metal. And then when I, uh, I moved and met some guys, and uh, one of them played me um, Metallica, Ride the Lightning. And uh, that was kind of it. I was done.
0: <laughs> okay, and what about, uh, was guitar your first instrument? Um,
3: no. Actually, and this is not a joke, I played the organ.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and i'm being completely serious um i had a guitar when i was little and i didn't really like it and then uh when we moved i met a dude that played and he had an electric guitar and an amp and he showed me how to play like um back in black and i was like that's it dude. i'm 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 good and then i think like right after i had touched an electric guitar for the first time i saw that movie crossroads with ralph macchio and steve by and i was like i'm fucking in hooked."
0: interesting sure. we just spoke with um uh Sonny Lombardozi uh formerly of incantation and he's in a, a new project yep. with Steve Tucker now yep. um a, a from, yeah he he just uh he he referenced crossroads too when we talked to him that's funny man
3: yeah dude it was insane I mean that was like that dude is the devil's guitar player he, <laughs> like I'd never I know you could do that you know what I mean like that was just Okay, where do I where do I meet the devil? Where do I sign up to do that?
2: <laughs>
0: well, maybe, because maybe, this is something I wanted to ask you guys, um, uh, bec- because I I, well, I I always credit my research, so quickly I have to shout out Infernal TV, Metal Messiah Radio, and the Metal Magdalene uh, with DJ Jet YouTube channels who have interviewed you guys yes. in the past. I don't like to make the yes. guests repeat stories, and I like to credit my research. Um, yeah. And I, I know from, awesome. uh, pardon me?
3: Jet was Jet was awesome. She's an awesome person. Well, she's so, yeah.
0: she's from the area down there. You guys are from Tampa, yeah. right?
3: No, I don't think so. No, she lives up north. Like yeah, in, she's like in uh, Maine Vermont or, or, or New or Hampshire or one of okay. those places area. She lives in like some little small towns. Like she doesn't do that anymore. She's um, actually she works for a different radio. Um, she works for a different radio station. Metal, yeah, metal, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, well, yeah, all due credit to, to her. I, I, the reason I thought that is because I listened to her interview with Lee Harrison a while ago. So I guess I just associate yeah. it with down there where you guys are from. But th- the whole reason what I'm getting to is I know from those interviews, you guys are from Tampa. And I've even heard it said that, that death metal is kind of in your blood when you're from Tampa. I've heard that said even before I started researching Brutality. Um and you know obviously the Florida scene is famous for being very influential with that first uh first class of old school death metal. Can you talk a little bit to, to that and what it was like growing up um I I would assume in the late 70s and 80s uh developing an interest in heavy metal do you, do you feel looking back that extreme metal was just more vibrant down there and and was hitting down there before other lo- locations maybe?
3: Um I mean I remember being pretty young because my, my oldest brother, you know, he knew the guys like, and like Sabotage and like, um, you know, we just, I just grew up around some of that, that music. So it was just, you know, Agent Steel and, and things like that. And we were just lots of people that were around that were nasty, savage, Mm -hmm. you know, We just we just kinda like I I remember hanging out with those guys and I didn't really understand what was really And they were on the commercials, you know? yeah, yeah, I wasn't really didn't really know what was going on really, because I was young and my my oldest brother was, you know, you know, four or five years older than me. So, you know, I'm twelve years old hanging out with Nasty Savage and hanging <laughs> out with Sabotage and you know, I didn't you know, I just I was just with my big brothers, you know, so i don't know it's just i wouldn't say i i it definitely influenced me to like extreme music you know and to make and to do something different that um that 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 other bands that started back then weren't they weren't doing you know i guess they weren't advancing or the music was a, was a little bit more simplified i guess back then for some of them sabotage not so much a nasty savage i think was a little they tech they yeah,
2: tech. Yeah, tech yeah back I mean, in the
3: day yeah I mean, they're still kind of tech, but, yeah i mean but you know for the time you know i didn't understand all of that stuff but but um i definitely think that being here in tampa influenced us to want to be into extreme music in general yeah it was it was everywhere man. like um Nasty Savage, Nasty Ronnie was on these TV commercials. There used to be this thing on V2 called the Metal Meltdown with Carl Buell. And I was like, everybody watched it because it was like, they showed real metal videos like in the middle of the day, you know, like anthrax spreading the disease and all this shit, you know? And um, one of the commercials was this place called Shalimar that sold, they were in the mall and they sold sold like... Studded belts and, and leather Yeah, leather and all this shit. And it, their commercial was like Big, Come on Spike Reed yeah, and then fucking uh, nasty Ronnie with like a fucking samurai sword or something. And he's like, I'm nasty Ronnie and I, I shop at Shalimar and he like licks the sword and I'm like, What the fuck is this? You know? But like and then um I had a guitar you teacher. That commercial? Yeah. I had a guitar teacher. You're nasty Ronnie from Nasty Savage. Yeah. <laughs> and I always shop at Shalimar, But um I had a guitar teacher, this guy named Matt Martin that ended up playing for, um, agent steel. So for me, it was like, okay, cool. You can do this. You know what I mean? Like you can, like I can actually do this. You know, like I know a guy who is now in South America on a tour, you know what I mean? Like playing with a big band who is, has, videos and shit. Like this is possible to do this. And, um, I heard brutality when they were kind of still a thrash band through my friend, Randy DeWitt. And, um, so they were always kind of on the radar, but like the, the obituary and deicide and all that shit, it was, there was definitely an aura around Tampa. Like that, it was, it was just, it was nuts, man. Everybody knew everybody. All the shows were always packed and deicide and obituary. were in a deicide and obituary. That was Amon. Yeah. Amon and the an executioner. That. Yeah. Wow. They okay. The pyro yeah. and, and yeah, the volley club. Yeah. Before they were you know, when I was, whenever I was young, and I would go to concerts and stuff, and I would see bands. Even Morbid Angel was around. It was go see Morbid Angel, Executioner, go see Amon. You know, so it was like, yeah. And every those, every metalhead from Tampa knows somebody that went to the old Morbid Angel house and saw somebody kill a cat. <laughs> yeah, uh. like that's just like that's like lore. Like, oh yeah, my buddy was at the Morbid Angel house one time and they burned a cat. No, no, but I mean everybody, yeah, everybody says everybody that said, shit. Yeah. I mean, it's like one of those stories, like. Just, you always hear it's like shut the fuck up, dude. Allegedly, no, I it, stunk in there. <laughs>
2: ah,
3: you know, wow, we got this massacre and like you know a lot of those bands you know here. I mean, some of my first shows going to see like the death metal, and it wasn't even death metal back then because there was no such thing as death metal. So it's not like any of us tried to be death metal bands, you know. What? Well, that was a fairly do thing. That whole it, it kind of got labeled death metal. I mean, nobody, none of those bands decided to be death metal bands. You know, they all started before there was even death metal. Was even a, you know, it was still, wasn't really a genre per se.
0: Well, that's kinda I think one of the things people associate with Florida death metal with the old school um sound is that a lot of those bands are maybe like the connection between speed metal and thrash metal and what people would consider death metal, um, you know, later on, like going you know, going back and doing the forensic work or whatever you wanna say. But um
3: that- Go back and listen to the whole brutality, you know what I mean? It's all thrashy, hardcorey, you know, Kind of like metal. I mean, by by the term, if you're like, okay, everybody says death, you know, started death metal, or there's the death possessed argument, all that shit. Okay, so let's just <laughs> say that death did start death metal. Chuck's vocals, by what I consider death metal vocal standards, are not death metal vocals. vocals. Yeah, no, me neither. They're more, they're almost borderline fucking black metal vocals at, at points. They're like, you know, it's it's like more traditional metal singing where he's almost trying to sing high, but he can't really sing, so he's just screaming high. It's There's nothing guttural. And I know, I know that all death metal doesn't have blast beats. I know that's a grindcore thing. But, like, for me, there's a few bands that fall outside that category, like like Obituary. I consider them death metal, even though John's voice is a little higher, just because they're sludgy and it's, like, and goofy and deathy and groovy, groovy. and everything. Yeah. But for, for me and a lot of people, if it doesn't have fucking blast beats, dude... <laughs> You know what I mean? Then it's kind of riding the fence, of whether it's <laughs> fucking death metal or not. It better have some, some other deathy elements, <laughs> because if it's not blasting, and the vocals aren't fucking low, then eh, <laughs> it's up for debate. You know what I mean? But I just prefer the, to- the term extreme music, because it kind of covers yeah. everything. Yeah, we what might- do you play? I play extreme music. Extreme like music. They don't yeah. know if we sing Cookie Monster music, yeah. you know, like the norm- normal people call it, or if I run around naked with a sock on my dick and fucking, you know what I mean. Um, have a <laughs> like a, fucking do one of those metal shows where I'm blowing sparks off my metal cockpiece. They don't know what the hell's going on. I just say extreme metal, and they're like, "Oh, okay, cool." Yeah, I like this. Extreme, I like extreme music in general. You know, I grew up listening to all kinds of stuff. You know, everything from like Queensrÿche to Black Flag and you know Dead Kennedys. I mean. DRI, Corrosion of Conformity, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just like extreme music. I can go, I like, I like Duran Duran and like Oingo Boingo and, and all kinds of bands, you know. I just, I just like extreme music. The Cult, Sisters of Mercy, I mean. He really is a huge fucking kajakuku. <laughs> well, now I can't, every time we play a show, that's like the first thing he wants I to put really on the I really like the human lead. <laughs> Yeah. Every time we go on the road, Scott has to play that song a million times. He loves it.
0: It's good driving music. It's good. I'll give you that. It's a good driving music. My
3: favorite one is We're Only Human. <laughs>
0: Flesh
3: and blood mistake. Oh my God.
0: Well, I. No,
3: really- all right, but, that's but really like, we I we really I mean I like extreme music in general. I I don't I don't have a I don't really like the genre thing, you know.
0: Well, then yeah, that's what that's what I'm kind of getting at is is um from from where you guys are coming from back then it wasn't as big a deal with this with the genre and th- there was a lot there too. So so let me stop you guys for one second because I wanted to ask the same question um uh, for for Scott, because we know you as the vocalist of Brutality. Um, do you, do you play an instrument? And were did you play an instrument prior to singing for Brutality?
3: No, um, I don't play an instrument. Um, when I was younger, about twelve years old, my mother like knew that I had something I wanted to do stuff with music or entertain. So she always made it to where there was some kind of musical equipment in the house my older my my biggest brother brett played guitar my other my other brother is a little bit older me trevor he he always had like a bass and my mom we had like a drum kit in the house so we always like messed around when we were kids and then my friends would come over and like one would bring a guitar and one would you know one wouldn't have an instrument or something and i always had like a pa and like everybody would moan and groan. I want to be the drummer. I want to. And so I just ended up saying, well, I'll just, I'll just be the singer. Then. <laughs> Cause I always wanted to be up in the front. You know what I mean? I don't know why, but, and then I just, I don't know. I just picked up the whole vocal thing. If I was going to play an instrument, I think I would have probably played the drums. Oh, that's God. probably what, that's probably what I'm most talented at is playing the drums. But, um, I never picked up playing an instrument. I just kind of just got thrown into the whole vocal thing and He basically just said, um, I was in Brutality already and they were looking for a singer because Jeff didn't want to sing anymore and me and Scott have been boys since we were like sixteen years old. Yeah. yeah. So like um we worked together, all this shit and I'm like, Scott, you know, brutality's looking for a singer. He's like, I wanna do that. You know what I mean? But <laughs> never sung for a band or anything. He's like goes out and gets PA, he comes. It arguably wasn't that great because he had never sung before. <laughs> and they're like, you know, we don't know. We don't know. And I'm like, hey, you know, this guy, do you know anybody else in the PA? Like, this dude is driven. Like, he, I know Scott. You know what I mean? Like, if he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. And then a couple months later, motherfucker's on 7-inch. A couple months after that, motherfucker's on the record. <laughs> like, and he's the singer for Brutality. You know what I mean? Like, he did it. it, it it's not like he was... He sang for another band and then came and sung for us. He was just like, oh, okay, I'm going to fucking sing.
2: I'm yeah.
3: gonna, I'm going to do death metal vocals. And, the only and other, he did it. The only other vocals I really did before Brutality was this, like, stuff I did at the house. Like, this, you know, punk, rocky, you know, stuff I did with, you know, my friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, you know, that's about that's all uh, I all I, uh, really ever did. I mean, when I got, when I started hanging out with, you know, I've known Jeff Akers, too, for since I was 16 as well. I mean, Jeff, Jay and I have been associated and known uh, brutality people and known about brutality since we were since we were teenagers since they started yeah since, since they started yeah so i mean we've seen them in sh- at shows and and i we knew jeff and we knew larry all and, the mutual and, friends you know, randy we, we and, and donnie. Donnie, randy donnie we knew jim coker i mean we knew everybody you know it's just like just jay and i were just you know weren't really in that part of the total scene all the time but um like, Jay and I, we've known each other since we were 16 years yep. old. that's know? what I was playing, like, uh, hair metal and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, fucking Act three. Yeah, getting into clubs and playing covers. Like, yeah, it was, like, when we were 16 or 17, Jay and I were going into clubs that we should have never been allowed <laughs> to go into. You know, because, you know, like, I would be hanging out with Jay, and Jay was playing in bands that were playing in clubs that, you know, I mean, he, he was just... I didn't really know at that point that, like, it wasn't... Like, that's the thing is when I first started playing, I didn't really, re- like, I liked metal and I saw it, but, you know, there wasn't, unless you knew people that played, there wasn't, or could go to a show and meet people, there wasn't really a way to, I didn't really realize how easy it was to start a band doing that. You know what I mean? So it was like, I'm, everybody else is playing, making money, and it's like these older guys were like, hey, man, you're a good guitar player. You want to come play some Van Halen and Steve Vai songs? And I was like, fuck yeah, I love Van Halen Steve Vai and, you know, Daily Raw, Let's do it. And um, hey, we had a lot of fun doing it. Fuck that. yeah, we did. We had, and made a lot more money than we did playing death metal. Um, but uh, the metal's just—it's way—it's—it's it's, like it's cool, dude. Don't get me wrong. When you play and girls get up and dance and fucking show you their boobs and all that stuff, that's great. But when you fucking when your drummer makes a four count and then the audience that up until that moment has been completely still just starts beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> Because you're, you know, your intro to your song starts and you're just blasting away. You're just watching violence go down. Controlled violence. It's fucking amazing. Like, people, that was what, remember the Ritz shows when people would jump on stage and it was just literally bodies just flying. Dude, you'd see somebody hit the stage and then it'd be like, catapult themselves into the fucking crowd. And it's just like, yeah. That shit makes you feel like a a god. Like, truly. You're like in control of all this fucking chaos and madness. You're like at the, you have the best seat in the house for all of it. Cause you're uh, above all of it. Look down. Just like, Holy shit. it's amazing. Until so, somebody steps on your pedal board and fucks your sound yeah. up. And then you get really pissed off, <laughs> but, or you have to sort somebody else. Yeah. Or it. somebody bumps into you and you have to knock the shit out of them and throw them back into the crowd. But. <laughs> so,
0: <awesome>. uh, oh, <laughs> so, all right. So a lifelong love of, of, uh, performing metal there. Um, Wow, a lot there and I, and I, and you guys kind of told the story that I wanted to set up anyway. Uh I you know cuz like I said from those other interviews I learned that Jay joins the band and shortly thereafter Scott joins the band and you guys um the brutality demos have been reissued in the last few years on several formats um yeah. v- various different lineups and, and and so forth and different sounds but it seems like Um, right, right there at some point in time where the two of you guys joined, it seemed to be a very pivotal moment because it was obviously right before signing with nuclear blast. And I believe that like, it it might be safe to say that there was a stylistic shift in sound. And I'm going to ask you guys a question on behalf of of a brutality fan. Actually, we get, um, our Patreon listeners have the opportunity to ask a question. So this is on behalf of brutality fan, John D., um, and it fits right in with what we're talking about. Was there a push to take Brutality's music, especially on the first effort, to be more atmospheric? Uh, plenty of spacey solos, vocals, cool melodic instrumentals, etc. I also wanted to ask about Scott's vocals and if he'd be able to share his experience learning learning the craft. His vocals were always a bit more matured and sounded very powerful on screams of anguish. So that's um, that's uh, our listener and Brutality fan, John D. Shout to him. So if you guys could just maybe take us right in there to scream of anguish and why that's such a pivotal moment for brutality
3: um i i think that whenever jay got into the band i mean it 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 changed some dynamics because of what jay does you know he takes he takes i wouldn't say things that are simple thought simplified and jeff's riffs but he puts something to them that I don't know. It just it just enhances everything. They already had a couple of songs written for the for that record, right? But but, but still, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, we were all kind of. They wanted to be taken seriously. I think um, they all liked the you know the more death metal direction. Um, they had some inner disputes in the band that was you know now done with, and and Donnie and Jeff had already written a couple of songs and. I just think it was like a shot in the arm. Scott and I were a shot in the arm for them. Like, we were kind of what, you know, they, they had never had a, not that I'm a hot shit guitar player or whatever, but I mean, <laughs> like, um, they had never had a guitar player like me. They had never had, dual, like, a vocalist like Scott, you know, to do the dual vocals with Jeff. Jeff, who also, Jeff's a Jeff, vocalist. Jeff is an amazing vocalist, 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 you know, yeah. by we himself. We do vocals together. Um. So, like, but we were just a shot in the arm. It was kind of like it was just possibilities. And as far as the album being atmospheric, I'm just going to think that that's where, I, I mean, that's like the, the orchestral instrumental and all that shit. That's me. You know, Donnie wanted to do the acoustic instrumental. That's Donnie. There's like, I just think it goes back to, we're all big, like fans of King diamond. and Yeah. You know, those albums that just kind of have a, vibe, yeah, you know, yeah. a, a fucking mood. And it's like, there's something to be said about you know i've had people over the years that have been like hey man you know one of the things i really like about that first brutality record is i put it on for people and then they're blown away and then by the third song or fourth song whenever sympathy comes on there they're like digging it you know like there's pretty and they look and they go who the fuck is this And they go this is the same band and they're like what yeah you know and then sympathy ends and fucking septicemic plague kicks in and they're like what the fuck you know like it's just it's kind of a roller coaster ride and I just think that's from all of our kind of shared influences with, I was really, dude, I really liked Testimony of the Ancients by Pestilence. Mm-hmm. I was really into that shit. Um, just, I, I liked proggy, you know, stuff that, I was into Al and, mm-hmm. you know, more jazzy stuff and, and all that stuff. So it was just kind of, we were, we came at, it was just a, it was lightning in a bottle, I man. We just came at the perfect time. It was just a, it just all happened kind of, at the perfect time. And I just wanted my vocals to be, I wanted to be, I wanted to set myself apart from all the other death metal vocalists that were already in Tampa. You know, like I didn't want to sound like Glenn. I didn't want to sound like David. I didn't want to sound like, you know, Nocturnus or anybody. I didn't want to sound like them. I wanted to be clear. I wanted to pronounce my words. I wanted to make sure that everybody could understand what I was saying, but still have that, You know that I don't know that that anger that was in me. You know what I mean? And I I think that as I've gotten older, my vocals have matured even more. Like they're even I don't know uh, even more intense. I believe. I mean, that's an intense album because we were so young and it's just raw. And we practiced it so much. When we went, I mean, we recorded that album in what? Four days, yeah. five days. No click track. No, no click, click track nothing. two inch tape. Twelve hours a day. Boom boom boom. I did my vocals Jeff and I did our vocals in probably an hour. <laughs> yeah, class. And I did we just we just I just sang I didn't have I didn't there was no way to, to punch in or well, I just sang those songs all the way through. those That's me doing the vocals from beginning to end with no breaks, no stops. I mean, <laughs> well, didn't I have, like, really bad headaches? Yeah, it's <laughs> bright red, and he's like, I think my head's going to fucking explode. The vein in my forehead was about <laughs> to pop out of my head, you know, because we were, um, you know, we just, it was an intense, for uh, I mean, for me, it was intense. And there wasn't any of the science behind death metal singing like there is now. You know, now you can go to YouTube and this guy's like, "Oh, here's how to fry scream. <laughs> here's how to do gutturals And you just want to put your tongue like this. You know what I mean? Back then, there wasn't any of that. You had to sit in your room and be like, "Ugh, ugh, you know, and fuck your throat up." You know, you'd be like, "Ugh, coughing and she's Like, how the fuck do these guys do that? And yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was, it's, um, it, I. Uh, uh, I don't you can't even explain that? Was seems like it was yesterday, but it was you know 32 years ago almost? So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, well so, something I wanted to ask you while we're on the topic of like just starting out, of uh, Scott just starting out in, in the band and, and doing vocals, really like looking back at the song titles for the demos and then looking back at your lyrical material, and, like obviously. Um, I think it goes without saying brutality has always been more about um kind of social commentary pollution uh yep. things that are found on the news you know even to like you know you look at the cover of sea of ignorance all these like television screens and things like that um that that goes without saying I would imagine does that also speak to why maybe your vocals are a little bit more pr- uh, pronunciated and you can understand the lyrics more uh, yeah I guess I wanted
3: to Whenever I I write and and stuff, I, I want people to be able to understand what what we're talking about and what our our views are, you know. And I just I mean, maybe at first you can't totally understand what I say, but if you sing along or if you read the lyrics along with me, you can clearly see that I'm pronouncing everything. And you know, that's what some people always tell me. That's what sets me apart from some other death metal vocalists, you can actually understand what I'm saying. You know, cause <laughs> I play it for people sometime. They go like, Oh, I thought you were going to be screaming, but you're not screaming at all. No, I'm not screaming. I'm pronounce everything that I, I say, you know, cause I do want everybody to understand our views. And, 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 and I try to write music and I try to write things that, that we all feel, about you know because jay and i talk about stuff and then i take things that they (laughs) might say to me and i'll and i'll put them into my into my lyrics because i know how he feels about what's going on in the world so i'll try to take things that other members in the band have we've all talked about and try to use that stuff so we so it's and we all kind of contribute a little bit of everything like um I've given, you know, I've had ideas, lyrical ideas. I write shit down, and I give Scott, you know, little shit here and there, and sometimes he uses it. Sometimes he'll change it. You know what I mean? Like, um, we all, everybody brings riffs and stuff to practice. It's just kind of like, it, it's an all-inclusive kind of thing. Everybody just kind of contributes, and um, I, I think that's one of the other things that makes us good. And I'm known for, like, you If Jeff or Jay or somebody gives me this, like a couple of words or a couple of things and say, hey, I I thought about this. Well, I'll go back in um, the other albums and I don't like repeating certain words. So I'll go back and I'll get a thesaurus. And so I have synonyms and antonyms. I love using synonyms and antonyms, you know, because then I'm not, I might say something similar in, in a song that I might have used already, but I'm not using the same words, you know. So yeah, I'm uh, known for, for using a thesaurus a lot. I don't have one of these.
0: <laughs> that's that's interesting, <laughs> though, because uh, uh, I don't, not necessarily all uh, death metal vocalists or lyricists take their lyrics that um, uh, seriously, or or at least to those extremes. That's interesting to know. And looking back with Brutality, it's kind of like... I've I've heard years ago I always heard Queensrÿche described as a thinking man's metal band and it's kind of like with Brutal I love
3: Queensrÿche. Queensrÿche is my favorite band.
0: So well so let, let me get a hot take right now then. How do you feel um about LaTorre, and how do you feel about uh Jeff Tate with Operation Mindcrime the Band?
3: Um I really don't particularly listen to either one of them. <laughs> um best answer. I I I am a huge Jeff Tate fan. Um, I grew up. I think that he was the um, spinal cord of Queensryche. I know Todd personally because he grew up here in and Clearwater. Yeah, and, yeah. and he, he's he's from here, so I know other bands that he's been in. I, I um, I've I've known him also since I was a teenager. I'm I think he's a great singer. I just um, I like. Um, I like some of the music that um, those guys um, have written. Um, but once again, I, I'm just, I'm a true heart. When he says is his favorite band, he means he listens to all the old Queensryche oh, yes, records. Yes. That's, yeah. that's, that's what he means.
0: I'm, I'm the same way, although I do, I do, um... Have a, a lot of. I'm a very open minded for the the newer material on you know by both camps. I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, the classic material. But all I was getting at was to describe brutality kind of as like the thinking man's death metal band with everything going on with the guitar work, like and the composition, like we described. But also lyrically, um, and there's a there's there's a lot there. I one thing I wanted to get into, maybe not this early, but we might as well is the cover. Um, of uh, Shores and Flames, um, the, the Bathory song <laughs> that you guys did on yes. of, Sea of Ignorance. Um yes. uh, Well, because all that talk just before about what went into Screams of Anguish um, and, you know, maybe a little bit more atmospheric and, and how back then it wasn't all about genre barriers. So just the idea that you guys were on Nuclear Blast in 1993 in the midst of, like, this big death metal gold rush, uh, I like to call it from from that era, but you're celebrating um, uh, Bathory now. So, was Bathory a big deal for you guys back then? And were you still trying to to evoke some of that, maybe um, through through the lens of Florida Death Metal in the early days? Even
3: I loved Bathory whenever I was like in high school. Bathory was one of my favorite things to listen to. All of their all the albums, and I mean, and I think that just that album in general. Um, Jay and I used to listen to this. Clayton, Clayton Gore from Eulogy yeah. showed me Hammerheart. Hammer I had never Heart, heard yeah. Hammerheart before. And he yeah. was like, he's like, dude, he goes, this, this is the fucking soundtrack to the Conan movie. You know? And I was like, I heard, and ever since I heard Shores and Flames, that fucking main riff, I mean, it's just like, so fucking simple and brutal and like, but, you know, the Toms, you know, it's just, it's everything that I love about it. And I don't, it was just kind of a joke, I think, that I was like, hey, we should do Bathory song. And I know those guys like Bathory, you know, and it just kind of like happened. Like huh. we weren't, even when we got into the studio Everybody had kind of knew it, you know. Kind of. I, I had learned it because I had to learn all the clean parts and stuff. But when we got into the studio, Rustin just played along with the fucking song, like the actual. We put the actual Bathory song, yeah. on, and Rustin just recorded his drums along to that song. Yeah, that's and that's then we the stripped the same it, tempo. Yeah, we stripped it away is and did everything same as the original song. Same drums, same tempo. Yeah, it's just like, um, I don't know, man. So that was that made me really happy because I was like, we should do Bathory. And then everybody's like, okay, let's do Bathory. <laughs> I mean, we went to the studio and we had never played that song together. Huh. Ever. And, and we never a- practiced it. Nothing. We just went in there blind and we went in there and Jarrett Pritcher recorded it. And we just basically told him, we're doing Shores and Flames. We've never played it before. We None of us know the song. We want to do all of these different parts. All three of us saying Jay does the clean vocals. I did vocals. and All three of us did vocals on that. That's yep. three of us.
0: Wow. Okay. So like, that, I mean, yeah. Because it's, it's a 12, it's like almost a 12 minute song. 11 minutes. Long. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I mean... The best
3: filler track in the
0: universe.
3: (laughs) That made our 30-minute album 40 minutes. It
0: It just seems... 20-minute
3: album, 32 minutes. Well, actually, that album's 39 minutes Is it really? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: You guys recorded with Jarrett Pritchard, who's now playing guitar with you. Um, yeah. For the band, and he's kind of people. You know, people should should be familiar with his his record or his uh, his his back catalog, so to speak. We actually spoke a little bit about him for the listeners. Um, we interviewed Mike Browning of Nocturnus yeah. AD uh, a while yeah. back, so people should know who Jared Pritchard is, um, a very accomplished uh, engineer and and uh, musician himself. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. so
3: what? Yeah, using UG. Well, I've known him since I was sixteen. Like Jarrett, I was Jarrett's first friend that he ever met in Florida. Like I started hanging out with Jarrett when he first got here to to Florida. I was like his first friend, and me and him are good friends till to, to today. You know. So yeah. So, I mean, he, not-
0: so that that's interesting because you guys got this lineup for brutality that you're working with now. Um, is it's a very classic lineup. Obviously, um, uh, Jay and, and Scott. We know, we know just based on this conversation how far you guys you guys go back. And Jeff Akers, your bass player and and uh, um backing vocalist or supporting vocalist, I should say, he goes back all the, the way to the, to the demos. He,
3: yeah. he is the he is the founder of the band.
0: Right, and and Jarrett Pritchard goes back with you guys with your camp of musicians locally um, to, to oh, when you yeah, guys were truly. teenagers as well.
3: Yes, yep. with Eulogy. He was the guitar player for Eulogy. And when I got kicked out of Brutality, Jay was in. Eulogy. My first show with Eulogy was actually with Brutality, and yeah. we did not tell them that I was in Eulogy, yeah. and a fight almost happened. It was awesome. <laughs> well, <laughs> well,
0: listen, Jay. Since you're so candid about it, I got to, I got to ask. Would you mind elaborating? I mean, obviously, it seems like you know, you guys have buried the hatchet since.
3: I mean, yeah, of course, dude, I was just, um, I was a kid, man, I was fucking 19 years old, I got kicked out of my house, I was living in my fucking car, we were all kids, you know, like, um, I didn't realize how serious it was, dude, I was like, this was easy, you know what I mean, like, (laughs) all I did was go to a garage for a couple months, we got a record deal, and all this shit, I just didn't take any of it serious, and, um, like I said, I was living in my car, I ended up pawning a guitar, um, before we were even out of the studio for the record, I had to borrow a guitar to like finish the record. So I was just a piece of shit, man, you know? And um, they kicked me out, but um, I, I was—I hung out with the Eulogy guys all the time, even when I was in Brutality. And they were like, okay, well, let's, you know, get together. And then um, it was just, you know, there was, it's like we're kids, dude. There was sore feelings and shit. I was mad, you know what I mean, that I got kicked out and fucking. But we always stayed friends. Yeah, we were always friends. With that night in yeah. particular, was yeah. like it was bad. Yeah. Huh. Um, and um, yeah, it was just like you know they it kind of caught them off guard. Like I can't lie and say that it, I wasn't extremely fucking happy about it. But like, <laughs> and um, and you know the, I had to watch the other guitar player just totally fuck up my leads because I made him really nervous. So that was awesome. Um, rest in peace, Brian Hibb. A great guy but yeah. that was for me that was that was fucking like i got my just dessert so i felt good but yeah i we've always been friends um that didn't last very long you know it was always just kind of a thing and um fucking move on you know everybody makes mistakes
0: yeah no it's it's great to hear people um reflect on things like that you know with, with a with a you know positive attitude now man um, we, we hear that sometimes on the show uh, from time to time and um uh you did mention uh Brian Hip um uh, may he rest in peace and I did briefly re- and respectfully wanted to ask you guys just um you know as I do on the show from time to time uh you know any recollections of um working with him or his contributions to the band and to death metal just in you know in his memory
3: I mean I mean um Brian was al- always stepped up and was always there you know what i mean so i mean he 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 did everything that he 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 tried to i wouldn't say copy what we kind of did on screams of anguish he definitely brought his own thing in and it made when the sky turns black what it is um i think that that album's a little bit of a darker album of what was going on and we were trying to move on and, and, um, and try to keep somewhat of the same sound. And, and Brian just, I mean, he just brought in what he did, you know? Um, He wasn't Jay and we knew that. And the guitar players we had after even Brian, you know, brought their contributions in because Jay um Jeff was writing you know most of the riffs and the bass lines and all that stuff and then we would let the guitar players kinda do their thing. So I mean I mean he definitely brought something to the table and, and definitely made us a sound for that album, you know? Um so- and he was a he was he was a cool dude. You know, he there was a there was times where he was a pain in the ass to get, to, to, to deal with him, you know, but, um, and in the end we had to like, you know, kick him out of the band because of how he acted, you know? So, but unfortunately, you know, with him, he, he got addicted to opioids and, and things and he didn't know how to get out of that. And it's cause he bought my guitar, dude. And in the end it, it was his demise, you know?
0: Mm well well i i appreciate you uh you know speak speaking to that may he rest in peace um and i just wanted to get a little piece of the the that part of the history of brutality and then as we move on um you know you bring up uh when when the sky turns black um uh in that period of the band so as we talk about the fact that there have been different guitarists through the history of the band um, you, and I, you know, I asked you, uh, Scott, if you played, um, guitar or anything and, and you, you said, um, t- you know, typically, no, you're not that, that type of musician, but Jeff Akers, you say he, the bass player, he writes, uh, a fair amount of the music over the years. Would you say that, that maybe he's kind of like the linchpin through the different guitarists of, of holding the sound together?
3: Oh, uh, uh, most definitely. I think that he's pretty much the backbone of the band I think that each guitar player that has come in has taken because Jeff writes the music but he writes all of his riffs and everything on an acoustic guitar when Jeff writes a song he doesn't write it really on his bass he has a little acoustic guitar that he writes it on, <laughs> that he writes it on. and he kind of shows everybody kind of what he's doing on an acoustic guitar and then he adds his bass lines I think that every guitar player has come in and just kind of not that Jeff's written everything, you know, like that's not true, but he writes the backbones of the songs. And I think that's where a lot of the brutality, somewhat rhythm and the, the, the time changes and everything comes from, but the guitar players have always come in and did their thing to Jeff's riffs to, to make them, you know, what they are. And, still keep us brutality you know um we did strive for that because even now when we we play stuff we go well that's cool but <laughs> that's not us you know what i mean so we kind of we don't we don't there's lots of stuff that we throw away but well, there used to be lots of stuff that we throw away now we don't
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> We don't
3: get together as much to write as <laughs> much
0: well, uh, that's, that's really interesting to know, though, because that's something I did want to ask you guys, because through the albums, like you say, you know, obviously with, with certain lead parts and harmonic ideas and, and solos, you're going to hear um, guitar's, guitarists' personalities, but there is a consistency uh, through the three initial albums, the initial run, and then even into Sea of Ignorance and your newer material, so that, like... Um, that's, that's interesting from a guitarist perspective and just, you know, Jay, you were very candid about the circumstances when you left the band the first time. If I could ask now, after in mourning... Um, Mm -hmm. you guys kind of called a day. And I know from those other interviews I listened to that maybe it was just a matter of it being more like a job and a kind of a grind, Um, but there's still not being as much money in in death metal, especially at that point in 94, 95, the the industry was changing in terms of music. Could you guys maybe speak to that and what that climate was like when the band uh, either went on hiatus or broke up, however you would say it?
3: Um, At the time, Jeff and I were... I don't know, I would say that we were just kind of tired um we we were we him and I were the ones doing everything in the band, and everybody else was just like you know kind of showing up to practice Dana Walsh and Jim and Pete, you know it was just like you know they would just kind of show up and they were they would like go to the band room and and be there without Jeff and I. And then if Jeff, uh, if Jeff was there and I wasn't there, those guys would say stuff about me. And then if I was there and then Jeff wasn't there, cause Jeff and I, we, we got busy in our lives. You know what I mean? Those guys, they didn't really have full-time jobs and Jeff and I were, you know, Jeff had his, Jeff has his own business. I was, you know, and, I worked a lot, you know, and we were just, I don't know, we just, we just kind of just got out of it, we were making more money going to work, and we, Jeff got married, and, and I got involved, you know, with, with, um, and tried to settle down with, with somebody, and we were just, we were just changing, we were getting older, and, and like you said, the industry was changing, and nuclear blasted really wasn't paying a lot of attention to us and they were they were pushing you know other bands more than us even though that we were like one of the bands that probably got nuclear blast going along with like dismembered and you know you know benediction and and sinister and all those bands that kind of got that label moving along you know and they started though know, pushing money into Hammerfall and all these bands that were like more like power metal stuff that I don't know. We just, we we're just like, why are we doing this? You know, why, why do we keep doing this to ourselves? And I mean, at first Jeff and I just wanted to just take a break and just kind of get away from it. And then even at that point, like even after in morning and we took a break, like we were still friends with Jay and we were all, and Jeff and Jay and and and, um, and I were kind of talking about possibly even after in morning, getting the band back together. Yeah, I did. A, I actually did when, um, after Sky Turns Black, Donnie left Brutality, and Donnie, that would have been what, 95, 94, 95? 95, yeah. And I actually recorded two songs for Donnie, because uh, I had an eight track, um, one of those uh, what was it, a Boss Tech or something? It was like an eight-track to cassette. Um, Donnie came to my house, recorded two of his songs, and I actually did a black metal song. And Jeff came over and recorded vocals on it. And so that's supposedly out there somewhere. Like I only gave huh. a copy of it to like two people, one being Dan Wilker um, when he showed up at my house. Uh, when Brutal Truth was in town, my friend Jason um, brought him over to my house and uh, another guy and uh, somebody asked about it asked Jeff about it in an interview a couple years ago like hey didn't you do this black metal thing and um yeah so I'd love to hear it cuz I don't have it anymore <laughs> <laughs> I got to get
0: Dan Lucker on the show man that's awesome um well let me let me let me stop you guys there for a second then there because cuz we're talking about nuclear blast and and this is something else I heard um said in one of your previous interviews is that you guys quote unquote got signed late in the context of a lot of the classics from your area, such as Obituary, Death, Morbid Angel, so on and so forth. And when we listen to those classic, uh, the first-run Brutality albums, Screams of Anguish is 93, Sky Turns Black 94, and In Mourning is 96. And when you listen to In Mourning... It's it sounds like one of those classic early '90s death metal albums. It's funny because you don't, I as a fan, as a younger fan, I don't remember it being so late in the '90s. So did you guys feel kind of alienated by the death metal scene, like like almost like you got to a party a little bit late somehow by by not getting signed as quickly as those other bands?
3: Um, I I think that we just we we just oh we just wanted to play we just do what we do like we didn't try to change along with what was going on at the time or we just brutality already had a, like they had a wild rags distribution deal. They were, they were no slouches in the underground. Like they were, they, yeah, fucking they were tape traded with everybody. They had a, they had a pretty big following. They were just a little bit more thrashy. You know what I mean? They, the vocals and everything had a little bit been they kind of wanted to go in a heavier direction and that was one of the reasons why they parted with sab um and but even still you know a lot of that shit had been going on since fucking 86 you know they started in 86 so technically they were in the first wave of death metal but we got signed in that second wave we got signed after everybody went oh shit there's money to be made in florida like you know, look at Deicide, Obituary, Morbid, all these bands are already inside. So they came and they swooped up us, they swooped up Resurrection, you know what I mean? Disincarnate yeah, yeah disincarnate. We were all kind of the, the second tier, you know what I mean, of not second the second wave rather of that death you know, that whole thing. But we had all been around the yeah. whole time. Yeah. yeah. But it was yeah. it was kinda of late. You know what I mean? It's that it's Death Metal really slowed down in fucking 95, 96, and, uh, you know, it was, like, still going. You know, obviously there was a whole group of bands that came up during that period that are still, kids still listen to today. You know what I mean? Um, Like, your Skinlesses and all that shit. You know what I mean? Like, all those bands were, like, third wave. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think even fucking, uh, oh, whoever. But, like, that was the third wave. You know, the thing is, like, if you were a good band... The Dying Feet is... Yeah, Dying Feet, but... And, like, all those bands are still around. So, yeah. really, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter whether you were first, second, or third wave. You know what I mean? Like, if you were a decent band and you had a following, you and you're still putting out music, people are still going to be into it because you're part of somebody's fucking childhood. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a lot of money and nostalgia. I wish we could get some of it, but, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? People want... You know, that's why we all dude. Come on, bro. I get in my car, I still listen to the same fucking 10 albums I've been listening to since I was fucking 17 (laughs) years old. Me too. They're in my my truck, you know? You know what I mean? I listen to other stuff and I listen to new stuff and I like new bands and I, 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 you know, give stuff. But I mean, when it comes down to, I know what's going to get the fucking job done. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I know if I'm in a shitty mood, I'm going to put this on and it's going to be good. I know that if I'm driving into work and I don't want to be there, I'm going to put fucking Dio on. (laughs) And within fucking two minutes, I'm going to be speeding and fucking scream, Stand up and shout! you know, I'm gonna be fucking like, yes, I'm gonna put my motivational speaker on, you know what I mean? It's like, um, there's something to be said for all that. And I think that's one of the biggest things is to have um, guys from that second or third wave of bands that we played shows with in the past couple of years that are like, oh, dude, like, we had your tape and we listened to it every day on the fucking way to high school. It wasn't that skinless like skinless, yeah yeah, yeah. Like, Noah no one knows no one sure like oh we listen to this tape every fucking day yeah. on the way to high school and We, they're like, worn out and their Camaro you know and I'm like I fucking love skinless yeah. I knew who they were you yeah know what I mean I had no idea we none of us had. I think really, until the the MySpace thing, when that guy gave us the keys to the the fan page, none of us even had any fucking idea of how many people really liked us or listened to us. Like, it was just kind of, yeah, we did a couple of records, you know, like, and I thought it was kind of dead. And then when that guy showed us the MySpace page, it's like, just literally people from all over the world, like, greetings from China, you know, like indonesia fucking france fucking turkey south america istanbul south america, america yeah, everywhere dude just everywhere and i'm like how the fuck you know what i mean and so that was kind of the impetus for us to really start getting it back together in 2012 with that whole myspace thing like okay people are fucking into this and we're all still friends and we all want to jam let's fucking try and do it you know so, yeah and here we are yeah. we've actually been we've actually been together doing it a, the second time longer than the first time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That that's awesome. And I wanted to ask you about that as we build up now, because I've heard it said now, is it true that you guys have the rights to your old albums
3: back? Um, Technically what we have is we have all of our rights um, to do, to, to release things. Um, we do have a uh, something that we signed with um, Prophecies Publishing, which is part of Nuclear Blast, where they, they own our publishing rights through Gamma. So, technically, we're allowed to pretty much put our stuff out wherever we want besides, like, in, like, Germany.
0: Okay, like, all we- right.
3: We can't press anything in Germany, but yes, we do have our rights to our music. We could pretty much, we've been putting out our albums and everything since 2012 and repressing them. As long as we don't do it in Germany, then they can't really do anything to us. We've been negotiating with them, and there's supposed to be a company over in Germany that's going to re-release our first three albums Um but I don't really want to go into that per se right now. Yeah. yeah. It kind of of messed up something that we were going to do personally with, um, with, uh, Michael from target group. Um, so, um, we're trying to work those things out with nuclear blast. They're supposed to give us all of our rights back for us to release all our physical copies ourselves. Um, but we technically have all of our rights back to our music cuz our contract with Nuclear Blast is way gone and then everything we've done after that we've done it with our own um record label with Ceremonial Records and yeah. with our own pub- with our own publishing so
0: yeah that's what i wanted to, to to get into because i see that you guys are doing things under um the name Ceremonial now um which i you know obviously is a, an old uh, brutality reference for fans Um, so uh, starting that coming back, I, I, is, did I get it right that the entire, um, screams of anguish lineup or most of it gets back for a show. And at that point you guys decide to keep going and that's kind of the impetus for the sea of ignorance album in 2016.
3: Yes. Um, we all, um, we all got back together when we all decided to do this. And basically, we were talking from probably 2009 to 2011. We were all talking about it, and it just never was came through really. I mean, um, Jay was going through stuff. Um, I was addicted to heroin. Um, I was <laughs> I was living in Georgia, you know, and um, like we we were we were seeing that MySpace, and that that's whenever technology and things like that, and you know we we made some t-shirts cause we've seen that fans wanted t-shirts. So we made a t-shirt and we've seen that that got bigger. And then, um, then we all decided to let, like, let's get together and like, see if we can't, you know, play a show. And we did a show all together with the original lineup and it went pretty well. And then we did a, another show where we like played the, we, did, we, we got, we practiced the whole screams of anguish and did screams of anguish. Yeah. We, did screams of anguish yeah we played show. the whole screams of anguish album. Um, and then we were like, well, that went pretty well. So that's whenever, you know, we wrote Ruins of Humans. Um, and then that went kind of, that went well. And then somewhere along Ruins of Humans, um, in the midst of all that and playing shows, it just kind of shit went down with, with Jim because he was being misled by other people in the band, per se. I won't say names. And then... Donnie decided that he didn't want to do it anymore, and we were all just kind of like, you know, Jeff and Jay and I were all like, well, crap, you know what I mean? Like, we've got all these fans thinking we're going to do another album. What are we going to do? And that's whenever we, you know, we decided to do Sea of Ignorance with one guitar player, and we got Rustin to come in and play drums. Yeah, there's a lot more to it before that, but (laughs) yeah, we went through fun. It, yeah, um, we went through a bunch of stuff we, before we it got through, to that, but we, I, I'm not gonna. Yeah, we re, we recorded. We started to record Sea of Ignorance with another drummer, um, huh. and um, and with Donnie. Yeah, and with Donnie, and that it. it let's just say it was a fucking nightmare. Um, and so then we had like this fucking, if you want to call them drum tracks, whatever. We we had drum tracks. This fucking record, and um, I was kind of like, you know what, fuck this. Donnie quit, and then I was like, you know what, we should just do the fucking start over. And everybody's like, you're crazy. We don't have the money for that. And then as we all kind of sat around and listened to that fucking thing, everybody was like, you know what, <laughs> we need to start <laughs> we need, over. We need to start over. <laughs> so um, I had seen Rustin play with um, Master, and I really liked the way he played drums. He, his fucking whole kit moved. He's a powerful fucking, he's a big fucking dude. He's a big powerful drummer. Um, and it was just kind of like, hey, you know, we reached out to him. Um, and he was our drummer, and we went and did Sea of Ignorance, um, with, you know, just the four of us, me, Jeff, Scott, and Rustin. And, and Jarrett were, you know, Yeah, recorded Jarrett it recorded us. it. Yeah. Jarrett recorded it for us and everything and mixed it. Um, but, um, yeah, we went through a lot of shit to get where we are now. And I think it's cool because even with Ronnie, like the first person that ever mentioned Ronnie to us was, I think his cousin. And he was like, oh, my cousin would be perfect for this, but he's in like 12 bands, you know? He's like got a lot of shit going on. And then Ronnie actually heard about, and Ronnie reached out to us and was like, hey, you know, are you guys looking for a drummer? And We're like, still looking for a drummer. Fuck yeah, you know? So, um, and Ronnie's been with us ever since, probably the, the, the the most easy six years now. Yeah, the most easygoing drummer um that I've ever jammed with. Um just the guy is he's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing, just a really down amazing person, to. amazing musician. He's a great guitar player and I mean he plays several instruments. But yeah, that dude's a better guitar player than some of the guitar players we've had in the band.
0: <laughs> I, I'm looking he's got some credentials. He's been in a number of different bands um you he's know in, filling
3: right. Yeah,
0: he plays for Malevolent Creation right now, too. Yeah, Malevolent Creation uh, playing um, April 20th here in New York. We're looking forward to that. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, but getting back to brutality now, we're kind of getting right uh, right up to to current times because, um, you know, I, I understand from those other interviews, like I said, that you guys uh, were offered Maryland Death Fest in 2018. Um, at the last minute, kind of didn't work out. So 2019, you guys were successful in performing at Maryland Death Fest, um, which was very important because that was the last one before the pandemic, unfortunately. Um, but mm-hmm. even, even more important because you guys ended up recording your set and are using um, a bunch of tracks from that for this new album. This new album, Sempaternity, Uh, out on Emancipation Productions is going to be, I guess, a a bit of a compilation of um, those live tracks and then uh, newer recorded material?
3: Yep. Yes. Um, There's uh, two new songs um, and then there's two re-recorded songs that we did for the Anderson Offering 7-Inch that we just ended up, um, we spent a weekend at at Jarrett's studio because he had, gotten a new two inch tape machine well not a new one he got an old two inch tape machine that he wanted to play with so we went there and we recorded artistic and crushed and we just went there on a weekend just to have fun with ronnie and and with with jay you know because um you know, Ronnie put his drum tracks to those new songs, to the older songs, and then Jay wasn't on Artistic Butchery, so because that was on When the Sky Turns Black, so yeah. Jay did his thing to that song. So those two tracks are older songs, but it's with this lineup.
0: Yeah, you give it a uh, kind of a fresh twist, and it's... Right. Um, uh, the, the... And we have
3: that's a seven inch. I mean, we have that on vinyl. The only way that anybody ever heard those songs is if they bought the seven inch. Those are not out. They're not available to, to uh, streaming or anything. They're only on a seven inch, which is also available. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, we still sell them. Um, they're, they're cool little seven inches. Um, um, but, um, yeah. And then, then it has the four, uh, live tracks. Um, when the Sky Turns Black, um, Cries the Forsaken, forty eight to fifty two, and Cryptorium. And then that's the tracks that we did with this lineup with Jared Pritchard played on that stuff. And um so for me I don't believe that it's a compilation. It's um it's um it's all five of us playing replaying and playing song two new songs and, and all of us working on other songs that yes, they're older songs, but it's a different lineup, you know, it's, um, and technically it could be considered a compilation, but it's, you know, the, the, the main thing about this was, like you said, everything happened right before the pandemic. We were riding a fucking wave after, um, MDF and we got booked to play Netherlands death fest. We got booked to play symbolic to headline symbolic in the Czech Republic. And then COVID hit and shut everything fucking down. Yeah. And, um, th- you know we were working on a new record we have songs written we were you know getting together and, and trying to get these you know tunes together and everything and i think everything just kind of fucking you know um went to shit and it made a lot of people you know question what was going on and what we were doing and then there was some big agreement it caused tension between yeah. us you and know um, what i mean and, and not only that is there was other things going in on our, in our, on our personal lives that were affecting us that, you know, you wouldn't think would it affect you that much, but it does. And it did. And, you know, unfortunately it put a burden on some of us where we were just trying to over it. Like, do we keep doing this and what's going on? Is this what we really want to keep doing? Um, and like I said, it it put it didn't burn bridges, but it definitely put some barriers in between some of us. Yeah, and then so we we basically um they were you know, I wasn't in the band um again and Scott and Jeff were talking about doing something else and uh with Jarrett and then Jarrett was like, you know, well, we shouldn't do anything without Jay. Um and it was kind of just you know, Jeff had these two songs that we had worked on for quite a while, actually, um, you know, as we were preparing for the new record, and he wanted to get them recorded, so they were like, you know, we're going to re- go record them, so I joined back up. We decided to, you know, that it was the best thing for all of us to be included and do this, because it was something we were working on originally, but it was kind of like, the way I look at this record is less like a compilation and more like a fucking a dual EP. like It's like, there's like, you know, like we could have just put out a fucking four song live EP or, or no, no, a four song live, or we could have put out a six song live EP. We could have put out a two song EP CD version of the seven inch we did, or we could have put out a two song EP of the two new songs that we did. So what we did is we put all three of them together. And so it's like, you know what I mean? There's, uh, and basically the two new songs, they're brutality songs. You know, I think it's some of the coolest stuff we've ever done. Yeah. Um, it's it's the most that we've ever worked with a drummer um, on any of this new material. And these songs actually benefit from the fact that we played them in a room together for a while, you know, like we worked on these songs, we crafted them and everybody kind of added their things to them. Um, and so it, it's cool, you know, even when Jarrett, Jarrett didn't even help write the fucking songs. And then when they're going to record, Jarrett's like, oh, let's do this, you know, like, we should add this. And it's like one of my favorite parts of the song now. It's like mm-hmm. this thing that Jarrett was just like, no, we're, you know, he totally, we had to redo the drums. <laughs> Jared's like, no, Ron, I need you to play this. You know? But um, it worked out fucking cool. And I think it's that, it's kind of just like a fucking, yeah, you know, um, fuck, man. A year ago, everybody thought we were broke up, you know? So like, I look at it like here, here's a fucking, here's two new songs. Some other shit you haven't heard before. Some great live recording. And, you know, hopefully it'll sate your appetite for maybe we'll do another record. You know what I mean? Like, um, if the response is cool and people dig it, people like the new songs, then maybe we'll do something else. You know what I mean? If they don't like it, we're all going to kill
0: ourselves. (laughs) Allegedly. Well, well let, let me ask you this. All those, uh, um, unfortunately, festivals canceled and things like that. Have you guys booked anything or have any um, plans to, to perform live again um, now that things are opening up oh, some places? No.
3: No, not right now. I mean, um, we're not um, totally closed to it, um, but it would probably have to be something that's, in the United States especially with everything that's still going on in the world right now and how yeah. crazy it is um the way our lives are going personally still it's not like um any of us can just pick up and just go to Europe for the weekend we all have our personal issues about how we feel about this covid stuff and um vaccinations and all that kind of shit so you know what i mean so Fair right, the only thing we're eyeing like what we there's things that we want to do. Like we we have promoters in Chicago that want to work with us. We have promoters in New York that want to work with. Well, there's promoters everywhere that want to do shows with us. Um, and there's areas that we would like to hit, but like Scott said, we're just not in a position right now um, to really do it. And it's going to have to be something. You know, we weren't really in a position to do Maryland Death Fest either. But you know what I mean? It's like it's Maryland Death Fest. Yeah. Like uh, I I really want to play California because I know we have a lot of fans there i'd like to get up to chicago because i know we could get some fans from the midwest there so yeah i'd like to play um mass destruction fest in atlanta again that would be cool that's a good time um so who knows you know like you never know um if you want us to come to your town the best way to help that happen is to buy our new record
0: (laughs) (laughs) well while we're while we're on that um that note there uh as I said it's Emancipation with a Z that's that's an Italian label is it not
3: No that's um Denmark that's Denmark. part of tar- that's part of Target Group and uh Mighty Music that's uh Michael Anderson um from uh Thorion um he started that label back in the 90s Emancipation he started that was his first label before he started Mighty Music
0: Okay well so, so I So gotta- he's he's
3: re, he's re- vamps emancipation and has brought it out for so target group is his main company mighty music does still rock and rolly kind of stuff and um the emancipation is his death metal label
0: Okay. All right. Um,
3: uh, That's they're out of Denmark, out of Copenhagen.
0: Okay, so I learned something new, and people can check that out. Um, There's obviously that little promotional video that dropped on YouTube a few days ago, um, which is where I got some of this information, and people can check that out. And uh, uh, that's that. After this, um, another
3: one dropped today. Another one dropped today.
0: Oh, okay, all right. I will check that out, man. I think I might have missed that. I was, yeah. I was, I was going back yeah. and listening to your albums and stuff, but
3: yeah, there was lots of hot sex in it, dude. Make yeah. sure you watch. Um, <laughs> with, uh, that's an interview that a little uh, track by track that Jeff and I did. That's a part two of that drop today. Fucking hot and steamy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it later after the interview. Um, now, let me ask you, this. Scott, coming back um you know like you said the band's been active for about a decade now since you initially came back um so it's not like it's not like a, a big return but um I just want to know your approach to vocals all these years later because some people do this kind of low volume, almost whispered uh growl of a vocal in death metal some people nowadays do this almost like burpy froggy type of vocal um like i I, you know i do that in in my band it's you know whatever but but your style of vocal has always been very loud and angry and maybe a little bit more like what people associate with napalm death or grindcore um Mm -hmm. uh like, like all these years later, have you know having having uh, um, uh, aged a little bit? Do you find it more difficult? Are there warm ups you do? Uh, any, no. a- any advice for other vocalists?
3: I don't do any warm ups. I I um I, at this point when these four guys start playing music, that's what comes out of me. It just. It just, that's what comes out of me. Huh. And it's loud. And it's—and I am angry. Uh, I was angry when I was a teenager. This is what I like to say. is I was angry when I was a teenager. And I think that's why my vocals were like they were. But now I'm grown up. And when I was a teenager, I didn't know why I was angry. Now I know why I'm angry. <laughs> and I think that, it makes my vocals even more intense now. I mean, you can, you'll hear it on the new songs. I mean, it's like, I've always been an angry person, but I think that now I'm able to separate who I am, you know, in my daily life. And then who I am whenever these four guys play music for me. It just... It brings something out of me. I I don't even know how to explain it. It just comes out of me. I don't practice my vocals. I don't sing in the shower. I don't go burpy burp or anything. It's just like my throat usually doesn't hurt or anything like that because I don't think I use my throat as much as everybody thinks I do. It's a lot of it's from my gut. You mentioned Napalm Death, Barney, and, and, um, you know, bolt thrower is a big influence for me. Um, napalm death was a a influence for me where you could still had that deep vocal part, but you could still understand what those guys were saying, you know? And I think that that really helped me develop something, um, by listening to them do their vocals. Um,
0: Okay. So as
3: I got older, I just think I've just gotten like I, I've mentioned earlier. I just I, it comes natural, and I've I've actually matured and, and got better at it.
0: All right, fair enough, man. Um, and you know, you you mentioned Bolt Thrower, and Napalm Death. I, I, you know, I, I want to be respectful of your time, but I, you know, before we close out, um, any memories because you guys did get to tour off the strength of those initial first three albums uh in Europe with um some of the some of the more notable death metal and grindcore bands of the day like Bolt Thrower and so on, right?
3: Yes, we got to play with Bolt Thrower, we got to play with Carcass, we got to play with Hypocrisy, with Cemetery,
1: hmm.
3: you know, like, you know, we we had um we had uh, some good times, you know what I mean? Uh, um what, and you know, what? I got the I got to live with Bolt Thrower for almost, you know, Almost sixty days. <laughs> wow, long tour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a long tour, and we had a lot of fun, and you know, um, that was a great experience for us. I mean, we had a lot of fun on that tour.
0: And any, um, you know, obviously we can't do a whole tour diary breakdown, but anything stand out? Any, any experiences? Uh, bad shows, good shows? Uh, you know, things that happen? Um, crazy, crazy times. Uh, Special times?
3: Um, When we went on tour with Bolt Thrower, um, Cemetery was on tour with us. They're the Swedish band, Cemetery. Mm, Um, we, We always played Black Sabbath and still do play Electric Funeral live. And we were playing that live like every night and Bolt Thrower and Cemetery were always like right out front, front stage every time. And then one night we played, and I don't remember, I believe it was in a a place, I think it was in Schwickau in in Germany, and um, we all kind of got together earlier in the sound check, and we were, like, sound checking and doing stuff, and we all decided, hey, why don't we, like, do uh, Electric Funeral all together? So, like, during our set, um, you know, we all kind of changed instruments and couple of guys from cemetery came out and you know kitty from bolt thrower came out i believe and like we all played you know um black sabbath together on that tour and we played that one song together so that was kind of cool rest in peace (laughs) when i was in monstros when i was in monstros we went to south america we got chased by bandits and almost got kidnapped (laughs) (laughs) okay man that's fucking true. That I swear to God, bro. Like they're like, we're getting sandwiches at at three in the morning, and they're like, "Oh no, we gotta go now." And there's like trucks with dudes with guns in the back, and they chased us through the fucking alleyways in the back of like some Suzuki samurai. And I'm like, "That's it, we're gonna die, dude." South America, though. It was awesome, though, dude. What? i might do it again. But I got the best one for you. That's not a tour story, but any fucking metal fans will appreciate this. So when we recorded Sea of Ignorance. I mean, excuse me, not Sea of England, um, Ruins of Humans. At Sound, John Oliva from Sabotage was there. Um, and we got to hang out with John. And John is one of the coolest fucking guys you'll ever meet. He's got a shit ton of stories. Yeah. He will make you laugh your ass off. Fucking great. So I have, I probably like many people have heard this story about how John Oliva supposedly beat up Dave Mustaine when they were on tour together with Megadeth when Sabotage was on tour with Megadeth. So I was like, dude, just fucking tell me the truth. Did you really fucking beat him up? And he's like, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so like, basically, the way he told me the story was, um, Dave had a, a thing for some chick. His brother Chris ended up with the chick in his hotel room, and Dave was being a whiny little bitch and kept knocking on the door and trying to get into Chris's hotel room to get this chick back. And finally... Um he had had enough of it. So John opened the door and picked him up and threw him on the ground. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. All right. All right.
3: And I just I just love that. So that is confirmed by John Oliva. Um and it's uh, it's a pretty popular story. I've heard it a million times <laughs> and I have no clue, so I'm just sharing the the knowledge and letting you know yes, indeed John Oliva did pick up Dave Mustaine and body flame him.
0: <laughs> wow. Alle- allegedly yes, as we always awesome. say. <laughs> what about Now I, one more thing while, now, while you brought it here You mentioned before Who was it from Agent Steel That was your guitar teacher When you were younger
3: Oh it was Well he wasn't I don't think he ever played On any records There was a guy named Matt Martin um, And he he had a really weird Situation with them Like there was some weird shit Going on like It was always weird <laughs> Yeah shit. like No they they like He went on tour with them To South America And they like took his passport And like fucking locked him in a hotel room and like what like the singer was supposedly a real weird dude and um yeah like I remember that his parents had to like pay for him to fly back from what the South fuck? America or some shit. My like, brother my oldest brother was a roadie for them on tour. My brother went on tour <laughs> with them was a roadie and like because um, uh Richard Bateman from uh Nasty Savage. But he rests in peace. He he was playing for um Agent Steel at the time, and that's how my brother kind of got hooked up because um, we were all friends with Richard Bateman and, and um, Nasty Savage and stuff. So, you know, we're you know, my my like I said, my oldest brother went on tour with them, and, and Jay mentioned that the singer was a weird guy. He was like, before you could go on tour or be part of the band or have anything with the band, you had to get that little Agent Steel tattoo symbol thing that angie steel has on all of their stuff or you you know you had to show that you know you were like part of the whatever the fucking fucking goddamn plan or whatever you know so i think my brother got that tattoo covered Uh, oh
0: no (laughs) there's a bunch of there's a bunch of dudes with agent steel tattoos still wandering around florida i
3: wonder if i get one i think so murphy um Murphy um oh I got to ad I think James Murphy was on that tour James going message him right now and be like do you have a fucking agent James <laughs> Murphy um from um, Richard Bateman um who else
0: was on that in that lineup I don't know um that's actually pretty that sick that was- would, would Richard Bateman and um uh, uh James Murphy have worked together elsewhere To or was is- where else would you see those no two?
3: we're just all we all just grew up here yeah you know what i mean that's interesting you know we we just we've all known each other are our, our, like our whole lives you know so i i think that was just something that was one of the first um ventures you know that like james murphy did um that kind of kind him got him into the scene here um he was always a good guitar player i remember him being around um fucking dick and we, and, <laughs> and we i mean we still all talk to each other you know there's like there's a small group of us that we we all still talk to each other you know i mean i'm still we're still friends with like the guitar players and stuff from dsi you know the 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 brothers you know that aren't yeah. in the band no more i mean brian lives you know five minutes from me you know hey, looking at it right. Now. <laughs> Is yeah i just messaged james murphy to see him <laughs> he just see you, wait i gonna get a tattoo <laughs> <laughs>
0: I hope we get a reply while while, you're, while we're rolling, man. are
3: probably looking at it like, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, I, dude. Like, Weird I, question. I have a oh, lot he, of- Okay, so here we go. He did reply. He said, they tried to. I was the only one that refused and got away with it because yeah. they had no one else to go on the tour and it was too close <laughs> to the tour. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. So James Berger just basically confirmed that. So yeah. he's the only one out of the whole group of people at that period of time when that was probably... Nineteen ninety or 1980. Oh, he said. He something? said they told him to get a tattoo, and he actually literally started packing his shit up and putting it in his car. <laughs> wow! <laughs> they ran to the other side of the lot to intercept me on the way out to tell me it was okay. I didn't have to get it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, thank you. Wow, thank you for that. That was amazing in real time. We got the we got yeah, the confirmation.
3: Time,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah we
3: all God. we all still talk to each other and. You know, there's a, a small little group of us here that we all still communicate with each other and still laugh about stuff. And You know, we've all been friends our whole lives, you know? So it's like... he said I wasn't about to let that crazy motherfucker brand me. Yeah. Well, that
0: I mean, you say tattoo, but that's what comes to mind is this crazy metal singer with a branding iron, like, you know...
3: Yeah, that's basically what he was doing is making these guys i mean he even made my brother do it my brother wasn't even the band he was just a roadie yeah and dude. i'm not sure i mean i'm pretty sure richard Bateman got it too <laughs> wow james is saying, james is basically telling us right now like right now over the text messages that you know that he didn't do it he he, he packed up his shit and yeah. didn't even <laughs> yeah
0: wow good friend look and look he look where maybe the tattoo was a um a little bit of bad luck because look what james went on to do man he got around he did <laughs> his thing you know
3: That fucking dick. No, I love James. We're friends. I just give him a hard time because of obituary.
0: Of course. Of of (laughs) course. Of course, man. Wow. All right. So um, I appreciate you guys' time. You've been very generous with your time, man. Um, And as I said, uh, uh, Sempaternity is going to be the new album, um, kind of a compilation of live and studio material on emancipation. Uh, productions um, of Denmark. Uh, you guys have a date on that? A release date?
3: Uh, May twenty seventh.
0: May twenty seventh. Um, and for merch and and stuff like that, I know you have a website, right?
3: Yeah, we have a website. It's uh, www.brutalitytheband.com, or you can find Jay Fernandez on OnlyFans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Find- yeah, then we'll find <laughs> th- that. Then we'll find out if you got the Agent Steel tattoo as well. Um, All yeah, right, <laughs> Uh, uh, before I let you guys go I always ask uh, to wrap up the last question and then after that obviously you can uh, any messages for fans and you can plug anything else I neglected to bring up but can you please both you guys take take a turn and recommend one older album and one newer album by any artist you like metal or otherwise just two recommendations uh, for me and the listeners one
3: older album and one newer album
0: It Me- doesn't have to be metal. Could be metal. You're, you're cool. Hmm. I got to
3: look this one up because I always forget the name of this fucking band, but I love this fucking record. Hmm. Um. I like Check Your Head from the Beastie Boys. <laughs> all right. All right.
0: New, New-, New York album.
3: Yeah. And um, something newer, per se. I don't really know a whole lot of newer music. Um, um, I like. Oh, let me think for a second here. Um, "Corrosion Conformity," "Arms of God." Mm, That—that's a newer one they put out. Uh it's not real new, but it's within the net, last probably. I don't know. 10 years, I guess. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I got I'm just asking cuz I
0: got to check it out. Okay, not familiar. It's a great
3: album. Um, it's it's a, it's newer for me compared to Corrosion Conformity, you know, it's um Yes, it's it's newer per se. Okay. Um, it's All in right. their it's in their last, you know, couple of albums. Arms of God.
0: All right, man. Fair enough, man. And um uh and th- that was uh that was Scott, right? Yes, sir. Okay. And Jay, what about you?
3: Um, old albums, um, you know, I'm going to give a corrosion and conformity album too. I'm going to say blind for the old one, just because that one doesn't get a lot of, um, I don't know. It's like the missed record, I guess for a lot of people, but the fucking reads drums on that record. Mm. If you are a drummer and you haven't heard that record, you are not a fucking drummer. Like that shit is just, I don't know, man. There's something about like that record just oozes vibes. Um he passed- me, like, yeah. I, I can put it on and it still sounds current to me. Like it's just the production is so in your face and like it's just fucking amazing.
0: Reed from Corrosion of Conformity, the, the drummer. He passed away unfortunately
3: a few years ago, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it's fucking sad. He was a great dude. Yeah, he was an awesome guy. Really yeah. he um we actually played I was in another band called Angel Trumpets and we opened up for Corrosion of Conformity and um we had a problem with the sound man. Sammy was being a dick because I guess they didn't tell him we were on the bill, and Reed and Mike both were like stood up for us. Didn't know us from fucking Adam, you know. We were just some local band, and they're like, "Where'd you guys drive from?" And we're like, "From Tampa." And he's like, "You guys loved your equipment all the way across that bridge?" And we're like, "Yeah." He's like, he looks at the sound man he goes, "Fuck that! These boys are playing."
0: <laughs> awesome. Like
3: I was, like, dude. Like okay, you know. And uh, Reed took my drummer had a shirt on from his place of business called Quick Toyota and it had like a turtle on it. Um and Reed was like, I gotta have that shirt and took him on the COC bus and was like, take whatever you want. I want that shirt. <laughs> him with everyone that. They were just fucking awesome guys.
0: Cool, man. Um, well rest in peace. As that, dude.
3: Records, um I cannot find the name of this fucking band and it's pissing me off. Um God damn it. It's the only, like, relatively new thing that I... Well, I mean, I listened to that, um... That fucking... What is it? The Blood Incantation? The fucking, um...
0: Oh, was it Time Warp Zero? That The new... The, the, yeah, the, yeah. The and key. that's
3: really fucking cool. You know what I mean? It's like, I appreciate that shit because, like... You know, people are like, oh, it's not death metal. It's like, yeah, but dudes that make death metal also make this shit. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like... <laughs> It's pretty fucking cool, man. You know, and you throw any... Th- okay, if it's that fucking simple, you go in a room with a keyboard and do something that cool. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm.
3: no, that shit is awesome. So I'm just going to stick with that one because I can't find the name of this other band. But um, that's the only other new thing. Okay, and, boy, I, my, Dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say this. I'm going to give you the exclusive. I've given Ghost shit for years. And I got to say, dude, I listened to that fucking new Ghost record and the the intro of the first song was cool almost threw me off when the song kicked in second song sounded like the fucking pokemon theme (laughs) but dude like by the third there's there's at least three or four songs on that fucking record that are just amazing dude i don't care if you like ghosts or not they are fucking well crafted songs the production the layering like i mean I think my main thing with them is I just wish they had a better singer cuz that guy Tobias's voice doesn't do it for me. But um like if they had somebody powerful like Dio or something, you know like that kind of commanding voice, I think they'd be a different band. But dude, that new Ghost is actually pretty fucking hot shit. I'll say that. Send me hate mail if you want. I don't
0: care. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I, you know, you're not the first person, actually, who, who recently who's told me to give it a shot, even though it's not in my normal uh, wheelhouse of, um, you know, I mean, dude, metal bits. I'll
3: tell you this right now, and, you, and I promise you'll agree with me if you listen to it. The intro for the first song is kick-ass, and you think it's going to go somewhere, and it doesn't. And you're going to be like, as soon as the intro ends and the song starts, you're going to be like, eh, and you're going to go to the second song. And then the second song is going to sound like the fucking intro to Pokemon. I swear <laughs> to God, it's <laughs> like it and then you're gonna go no third song and then third song you're gonna go oh okay i get it cool all right and then so as long as you don't play the first two songs you're good <laughs> and, or <laughs> listen to the intro at least because the intro is badass but after that just skip through the first two
0: songs all right man so it comes it comes with a little bit of uh instructions man i'll remember i'll remember man yep. I, I gotta diffuse a bomb kind of while i listen to it but um, exactly. right, I, I appreciate it man um Thank you very much, uh, Jay and Scott uh, from Brutality for your time, man. You guys have been very generous. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, uh, Like I said, uh, everybody can check out that new album, Semp Eternity, coming out um, for some cool live stuff and uh, some new stuff and kind of new versions of classic material. Looking forward to that. Um, Before we leave, any uh, final messages to Brutality fans and listeners of our podcast? Um, We're
3: just... um i'd like to thank everybody who's stuck through us through all these years and been our fans we i think that we have some really great fans and we've we've never realized you know how many fans we have out there and um we appreciate how everybody has stuck through with us and and um and i guess puts up with what we do you know we're not the band that has rehashed and keeps putting albums out all these years. I mean, we've been around for um, over 30 years now. We only have our fifth album coming out, you know, but um, I mean, everybody, we just, we're, we're doing this for our fans. This album is this new album is for our fans. We're just trying to give everybody out there something. Um, we thought that this was going to be over and it's not for us um, for now. So this is just this is kinda like just our you know, our, our little gift to everybody and our fans through all of this crazy shit that's been going on the last couple of years with COVID and now what's going on in the world that just I don't even want to talk about, you know, per se and get into anything politics or anything right now or wars. Um but um we just really appreciate everything that our fans have done, and just stay brutal, and you know, buy our new record. <laughs> yeah, and if, if you want to, uh, like I said, you can find me on OnlyFans, and uh, if you want to, if you want to uh, donate to my penile reduction surgery because I have an extremely large penis and I need to get a couple inches taken off, you can find my GoFundMe on my Facebook page. <laughs> we do have some stuff available still on our on our web page. The seven-inch. Um, um, and to send an offerings, which is very rare. It's a limited edition kind of thing, but it's still available. Yeah, by, by Brutality 7-inch, help me get down to 7-inch. And <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> this guy's a clown, uh, man. It's still available. I mean, there's just little things that, you know, try to keep us going. You know, and everybody, this we appreciate our fans. This, we, we do this for them. There's definitely... Um, not for the money, that's for sure. In the right.
0: words of Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> this guy's a clown, man. I can't. And um, the I, I would also note very reasonably priced CDs there on the website, man. If people want to che- uh, um, go back and check out some some of the classic material, man. Uh, Scott and Jay, thank you so much uh, for your time, guys. I'll be in touch as this episode is <laughs> uploaded and um, you know we'll share it around and, and all that sort of thing. You guys were great, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, Will. was that was pretty sick uh, ha, ha. we are unhinged today on the heavy hole podcast but thank you to our guests jay <laughs> fernandez and scott regal of brutality for all of their uh lore uh their candor and their humor man um jay had me cracking up a little bit there man you got me cracking up a little bit too yeah i, just, I like
1: remembered how much i like beer
0: <laughs> You, how did you forget tequila <laughs> yeah yeah there we go what's the shirt there hold on a second here oh you like this shirt yeah. Oh, okay, it's the Islanders.
1: It's, well, you watch your mouth, it's the Rangers. Oh, it's the Rangers, uh, okay. It's the, it's the back cover of Newsday. I pretend the Rangers are the Islanders a better. F- possible front cover of Newsday, uh '94
2: when they won the cup. Is that like a red yeah. bubble shirt?
1: Yeah, this is a licensed shirt. Is it? This came with a holographic sticker on it. I'm not knocking the red bubble stuff. You find fun yeah, this, this, shit on there. I forget I don't know who makes this. I think Newsday made it. This is copyright newsday. It's fucking Did awesome. Did Hell's
0: Headbangers bootleg like that they original? They put this uh, out. I found allegedly?
1: this on an online thrift store. Oh, they have those now. Uh, eBay?
0: Yeah. Did you get that on Discogs? I got the shirt
1: uh, straight <laughs> off Discogs. <laughs> I was comparing prices on Discogs and the Zahn, and I like this one a little bit better. So.
0: Yeah, you know, I never looked up Billy Joel on Discogs.
1: Yeah, we should I, do that. We should this, do that for like, a bonus.
0: Hot bootlegs.
1: That
2: would be fun. We, should, we need to do two website-based bonuses. One that's discogs oriented, do some experimentation there. Then we really need to do the Metallum random band one. Yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah, sit there and be upset for hours for you guys. Yeah, you know, yeah. you
1: should code a, a page like a Metallum like page. It's a website. It's hmm. just M- Metalum. Just call it Metalum. And every band you click, it's just oops, all Billy Joel. It's yeah, just
0: that's all Billy Joel's. That is fun. Yeah, actually, Metell- t-
2: Metalme. Yeah, met- pretty easy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to think about it.
2: It's too easy. Different Billy Joel, but everyone is a different object of Billy Joel. Oh, yeah. So it's not like the same page, it's like different pictures and. Perhaps of him sweating in different areas of his body. Yeah. As we were talking about before, callback.
1: S- sweating in his crashed car because he's drunk waiting for the cops to go. <laughs> what, up, God? what a guy.
3: sweetheart.
2: I
0: love him. Damn it. If you want more, if you listen to that interview with death metal royalty brutality and then heard this banter at the end and said, I need more of this Billy Joel style banter in my life, you can check out Heavy Hole Podcast on Patreon, can't you, Tom? You
2: sure can. Yeah.
0: And if you want to add, I'm not going to make him read it out. You can Google all that stuff. We're on nah. Patreon. We're on Patreon. true. You it. have we're Google.
2: On, yeah, we're on Google, too. And if but, you don't have Google, Google has you.
0: Another thing, mm. yeah, Google's definitely got all of us yeah. by the balls. Like oh, Skynet. my God. Yeah. But, but, uh, but another thing, if you want to add to the conversation, <laughs> if you don't like this, if you don't like Billy Joel, kindly do not call our voicemail. But for any other opinion or topic, mm-hmm. you can feel free to leave a voicemail um on our uh, our voicemail line it's on there on all of our yeah. social medias and every everywhere you find every old podcast the number is there it's all in the little description call me
1: yeah. yeah are you jack or diane and john mellencamp didn't give you any money for the song
0: john Let mellencamp know about it. another you know another Let's fucking know about forward-thinking it. <laughs> progressive musician of our time yeah
1: well i told you i mean listen to that Wabab podcast
0: Oh yeah, yeah. The Wabab. It's just on yeah. my car. It's, it's great. On all the time. It's point great. 92.3. 92.3. It's a. It's a funny. It must be one of the first websites because it's just like, yeah. Point three instead of dot, com, dot th- 92.3. One thousand twenty-three Wabab. Yeah. 92.3 okay. Wab. yeah, awesome, FM. It's really great. Yeah. That's the original com is FM. kid. Okay? And
1: rest in peace that joke. It's over now. Yeah. We're
0: yeah. not. We're not on the radio though. <laughs> but we back. are. We're on all your Spotify's and iTunes and all that. Your uh, Fireside FM is like the free streamer I send to people, man. In case you don't know, uh, the yeah. voicemail. The website heavyholepodcast the Patreon, mm. uh, we we did it. I think we did it. We did it. I, we interviewed brutality. We crammed Billy Joel into the conversation yet again. Mm-hmm. Um, We're all
1: sitting with our legs crossed, and you should
0: too. I I have my legs crossed uh, in like manly a, way, like a comfortable large man. I, like the way you painted a picture as if I'm like sitting here, like a you know like a like a like a like a m an like English a, man? Like a petite Englishman like peti- at a yeah. tea party <laughs> listening intently yeah. to to a violinist.
1: No, you're you're mm-hmm. you got legs crossed like like somebody is digging into their pocket to give you the money they owe you.
0: Listen, I got my legs crossed like somebody's digging, all right, but that's a story for another time and a podcast <laughs> for another hour, my good man Justin. Let's hello. Let's yeah. Let's keep it family friendly up in here.
1: What's up? My name is Justin. Welcome to the Heavy Hole. No, we're, we're closing <laughs> we're, out. We're now. out that with was this now.
0: Ma- that was before. How you doing? This has been the Heavy Hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen to rock music all day. We're gonna talk about some on our Patreon. We gotta cut a little pay- uh, Patreon bonus right now. We're trying to catch yeah. up on that for you. Mm. We plugged that. We plugged the voicemail. We plugged the website. Um, I Think everybody else is done. What is this like? Justin's got how many beers in? Are you there? One. Oh. <laughs> Oh,